Amen. Matthew 14, verse 22 says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter said, answered and said, Lord, if, thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come out, or was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Peter, this is maybe the greatest New Testament miracle. Maybe, or of the Gospels anyway. Maybe the greatest miracle of the Gospels. Peter steps out and begins to walk on the water and he was beginning to sink and he cried out unto the Lord. And so I want to talk to you for a little bit this morning on uh, this thought. When you get that sinking feeling. When you get that sinking feeling. Anybody admit that every now and then you have felt like you were sinking? You have felt like you're sinking a little bit. I, I want to talk to you about when you get that sinking feeling. Let's pray. God, I love you. Thank you for your word. Father, you're so wonderful. Your word's perfect. I pray today that you will anoint me and anoint us to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. I pray, God, that you will draw us closer to you than we've ever been. God, let us uh, walk out of this service today with a greater confidence in you than we have ever had. Help us, Lord, to hold to your unchanging hand. And we we will thank you. We will give you praise. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing for uh, such a long period of time. Water walking faith. It's faith where you believe that God can do anything and that he will. Sometimes we don't have a problem believing that God can we have problems believing if God will. But water walking faith, it is that faith where there is no doubt at all. Brother Gartlett's mentioned the, the man that had the, the demon possessed son. Uh, that Jesus told him, he said, if you can believe all things are possible to them that believe. And the man responded to him with a profound statement that, that describes us often when he said, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. I, I've, I've got some of both going on in my life right now. I, I believe, but I've also got some unbelief that is going on in my spirit right now. Well, I, I want to talk for a moment about water walking faith because that's the kind of faith where you absolutely know that God is going to do it. Anybody ever experienced some water walking faith? Uh, when you, I don't want to get bogged down on my introduction here, but uh, 
When we were in Malawi and we saw, Sister Martha was in Malawi, Brother Stephen was in Malawi, and uh, we saw many, many healings. People that were blind had had eyes open. Uh, Crippled people began to walk. They had a faith there uh, that God was just going to do it, and He did. Uh, it It was as if they could believe God was going to do anything. Uh, the, uh, the, the first time that I was ever in a church service where there was tongues and interpretation, uh, I remember it very clearly. And it was like the presence of God was there in such a profound way that I had never experienced before. Uh, there was a, a faith that rose up in me. It is a water-walking faith where you're just amazed at how amazing God is. I'm sure that many of us have been in church services where people were overcome by the power of the Lord. They began to dance. People fell out in the Spirit. I'm talking about water-walking faith. Uh, whenever we were, uh, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but uh, in Lewisburg, whenever we were, we've been having church in uh, a hotel room, hotel conference space for a good number of months and we got a communication from the new manager that said that you were that we were no longer going to be able to have service we would have to find someone else or someplace else to have service and and quite frankly the fact that we were having service in this hotel space was a miracle in and of itself because there was nowhere in Lewisburg that we could afford uh, that that was sufficient and so so there we were uh, being kicked out of the uh, the only place that we could find to have church. Uh, but there was something in me, Sister Lindsay, that I just knew God was going to take care of it. And we, we went to a, a church building somebody told me about, I thought was um, already being used by somebody else. We went to that church building, Brother Barry and I, we looked inside and I felt the presence of God so strongly, Sister Sarah. I told my wife, I said, we'll be, I would be astounded if we are not having church in that building. And uh, they are having church in that building right now. Uh, I'm I'm talking about water walking where you just have no concept that God will fail. Uh, I'll tell this little story here. Uh, Before I received the Holy Ghost, I I had started coming to church and uh, I hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. I knew that I needed the Holy Ghost. I mean, no, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you can get it today. Um, but I hadn't received the Holy Ghost, and uh, I was—I uh, knew that the Scripture said the promise is unto you. I knew there was a promise for me, and I knew that the Scripture said, "He that hath begun a good work in you shall complete it." And so I believed that. And uh, brother, brother, brother Brad, I was out in the middle of a field one evening, and a storm rolled up, and there was lightning going all around. I don't recommend this, by the way, but there was lightning everywhere, and I'm out in this field and. If I'd have had any sense, I would have run back to the house, but I just casually walked back to the house because I believed God wasn't going to kill me. He was going to fill me. He hadn't filled me with the Holy Ghost yet. So uh, I don't recommend that, by the way. But, but it was the faith. It was that faith that God cannot, He is not going to fail. And, and you've had times in your life when without a, you knew without a shadow of doubt that God is going to take care of this. How many have ever had an experience where you just knew God is going to take care of this? You've had times, and I've had times, when our relationship with God was so close where you knew that you're right smack in the middle of the will of God. But then there are other times. There are times when you know your relationship with Him is not what it could be. It's not what it should be. It's not what you want it to be. 
I don't know anybody that walks on water all the time. Maybe Sister Martha. I don't know anybody that walks on water all the time. I don't know anybody whose faith is just... Now, there's some preachers that you see, you see a minister and you say, wow, they are, they're, they're just at this level of faith all the time. They're not. They're not. You don't see them in the, in the frustrating times. You don't see them in the, in the times uh, when they are down. I'm telling you, nobody walks on water all the time. Elijah was on the mount, the top of Mount Carmel, had a showdown with false prophets and prayed a 56-word prayer and fire fell from heaven and consumed the sacrifice. And just a few verses later, you'll see him running from Jezebel because he got a, a bad letter from her. He's borderline suicidal. God, just take my life. Nobody walks on water all the time. We could go through, we could talk about David, we could talk about Noah, we could talk about Moses. Everybody has times when they are down. You get that sinking feeling. Now, we're going to shout, we're gonna, it's going to be good, but just understand, well, I want to get where we're living. And that is, nobody lives walking on the water all the time. That's right. Every one of us has hang-ups. Every one of us has faults. Every one of us has failures. Every one of us right. stubs our toe every now and then. And so we have Peter. Peter and the disciples, they are on the ship. King James says ship. It was probably a small boat. And uh, they were sailing through the storm. It's interesting that Jesus sent them directly into the storm. It is also interesting that in the midst of the storm, Jesus came to them and they did not recognize him. But finally, Peter said, If it is you, God, if it is you, Lord, Bid me to come unto thee on the water. And Jesus says, come on with it then. And Jesus, uh, he says, come on. And, and, uh, and so Peter got out of the boat. Now this would be an interesting little picture. You know, you, some of y'all have a picture of Peter walking on the water on his way to Jesus. I would like to see the expression on the other 11 disciples' faces as Peter is just kind of... What are those other 11 guys doing? Are they like, man, this is going to be awesome? Or are they going? You know you would too. I don't think that's a good idea, Brother Josh. I don't know. You know, you know John and James, they're over there. They're like, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. Is the rope close? Where's that lifesaver? But he does it. He participates in probably the greatest miracle in the four Gospels. He walks on water. That's amazing stuff. He had a water walking experience. So he is on his way to Jesus and he is walking across the water. But it says, when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. Can I tell you that the reason that he began to sink is because he got his eyes in the wrong place. As long as he was focused on Jesus, he could walk across the water. But it says when he saw the wind, when he saw the storm, when he saw the waves, he began to sink. And we will go through things in life that want to, set, want to zap our faith, will suck our faith right out of us. But if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, we will sink. So I want to tell you, first of all, 
Well, I, I'm going to talk about when you get that sinking feeling, but if you want to prevent sinking, keep your eyes on Jesus. Hebrews 12 and 1, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If we want to walk with Him, we got to keep our eyes on Him. I wish you'd elbow somebody and ask them, what you looking at? You need to look upon Him. Get your, don't get your eyes on your problem. Don't get your eyes on uh, the low balance on your checkbook. Don't get your eyes on your sickness. Don't get your eyes on your problem. Don't get your eyes on problems at work. Get your eyes on Jesus. He said, I will lift up mine eyes uh, unto the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. If I'll just look up. Jesus said, you'll see all these tribulations in the end of time coming to pass. But when you see this, don't get shook up. It's time to look up. Isaiah was in the temple. He said, I saw the Lord high and lift. It was in the year that King Uzziah died. I could have dwelt on death. I could have dwelt on my problems. But I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I wish somebody would make a decision today that says, I'm not going to focus on my problem. I'm going to focus on the one that holds the solution. I'm not going to focus on the problem. I'm going to focus my eyes on Jesus. As long as he focused on Jesus, he walked on the water, but he saw the wind, he saw the things, he saw everything, and he began to sink. He cried, Lord, say. Now, now let, let, me, let me just say for a moment that I think beginning to sink is a miracle. Now, think about this for a moment. Has anybody ever, anybody ever gone swimming in here? My uncle, we used to go out with him on his boat. He, he loved to do the Nestle plunge. Y'all ever see that commercial? Anybody ever just stepped off the boat? You don't begin to sink. You, you go get in the swimming pool and you're stepping off the ladder. You don't just slowly make your way down into the water. You disappear. Think about this for a moment. He did not just bloop. He began to sink. It was a slower than natural process. That is a miracle in itself. What I want to show you is the spiritual application is you don't go from water walking faith to God. There's a sinking that we have to be aware of. So I want to talk to you for just a couple minutes about symptoms of sinking. So the first symptom of sinking is that prayer is not the priority in your life that it should be. If you find yourself not praying, and I don't use this word uh, very often, but you should pray religiously. And you should pray relationally. If prayer is not the priority in your life that you know that it should be, it could be a symptom of sinking. The second symptom of sinking that I want to share with you is uh, that uh, you don't worship freely. If you do not have a liberty to worship, you come in and... and Put the mic down. Sorry, live stream. But you come into the house of God and it's harder to lift your hands. 
You come to church and, nah, you know, you just kind of not really engage. Uh-huh. It could be a symptom of sinking. Because if you are engaged with God, if you've got your eyes on Jesus, you're going to want to worship Jesus. If you have... I'm back to having our eyes on Jesus, but those angels in heaven, they are focused on the throne and they just can't help it. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. If you are in a, in a close relationship with Him, you're going to want to worship Him. So a symptom of sinking is you don't worship freely. Another symptom is you allow convictions to slip. You allow convictions to slip. Some things that used to convict you, you just go ahead and do now. Uh-huh. Come on now. It's good stuff. I'm not going to name anything. I'm just going to let it sink in for a moment. You've allowed convictions to slip. It's a symptom of sinking. Yeah. You don't want to sink because the, the, the result is bad, Right? If you allow convictions to slip, it's a symptom of sinking. Another symptom of sinking is church is not the priority that it should be. I would, I know we're in the middle of a pandemic, but I want to encourage you, don't miss church. If you can be in church, don't miss church. Because here's the reality. After you miss the first time, it's way easier to miss the second time. And it's way easier to miss the third time. I, I, uh, especially whenever we first started the church in Lewisburg, if somebody was part of the church and they missed, I'm sending them a text, I'm, sending, I'm calling them, I'm doing something to let them know. And, and, and no, I'm not condemning, I'm just, hey, I missed you. Everything okay? That's all it is. Hey, I missed you. And, and this, this person, I text them, hey, missed you Sunday. And they text me right back, that's not fair. That I missed you is not fair? <clears throat> this individual was mad at me because they felt conviction for missing service. I mean, I literally texted, I missed you Sunday. That was it. Uh, but the reason that I'm very big on that is because once you miss, it's so much easier to miss again. It's a symptom of sinking. Uh, a symptom of sinking is your appetite changes. You once wanted to pray longer, but now you want to text more. You once wanted to read the Word, but now a movie seems more appealing. You wanted to be engaged with the Spirit of God, but now I want to be entertained by something carnal. If your appetite changes, it's a symptom of sinking. Yeah. And here is... Probably what I feel like, feel like is maybe the most dangerous symptom of sinking. If you ever hear yourself say, I'm alright. I know there's people in this room who heard people say, I'm alright. I know where I am. Which is an admission that says, I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But I'll get it figured out before it's too late. What a ridiculous statement. Sorry for being so, uh, so strong. It's a ridiculous statement though. To know that you're not living the way that you need to live. It is a roll of the dice. Um, I know where I am. But it's a roll of the dice whether you ever get back to where you need to be. 
can I just interject for a moment and say, you don't need to walk out of this service saying, I know where I am, I will be all right. You need to walk out of this service saying, now I know where I am. And I am all right. Not I'm going to be all right. I am all right. Amen. Amen. I don't want to have a symptom of sinking. So maybe some of this is going on in your life or maybe it will be in the future. I want to give you three keys, three things to do whenever you feel that sinking feeling. And it's what Peter did. So when Peter began to sink, it says immediately... Uh, he cried and said, Lord, say, this is going to be a real elementary message. The first thing you need to do if you feel yourself sinking is call out quickly. Yeah. Call out quickly yeah. because you are sinking. Brother Jeff, Peter wasn't like, bloop, 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 bloop. what's going on here? Immediately. It, Lord, Save me. If you feel yourself sinking, don't wait. Look at somebody. Elbow them. Look at them real mean. Tell them, don't wait. There's a terrible, terrible outcome to those that wait to call on Jesus. Do not... Don't let a service go by. Don't let an opportunity go by. Don't let the conviction of the Lord pass you over without responding. We need to call on Jesus quickly. There's a story in the Bible about uh, uh, right after the, the battle of Jericho, the walls fell. There was a man named Achan. Achan goes into the city of Jericho and God had told them, Brother Pat, don't touch anything. All of it belongs to God. None of the spoil in the city of Jericho belongs to you. You can't have anything. But Achan came into came into the city, he went into a home there, and he found some nice clothes. He found some nice duds, you know. And he saw a wedge of gold and maybe some silver, I can't remember exactly. But he, he found some stuff that, man, I, I, I think I'd like to have that. And so Achan grabs that and he, he hides it and he carries it away to his tent. And, and, it, and he buried it in his tent. They, they go to battle the next day or sometime later. They go to battle against this little village called Ai. And they just get their brains beat out. And Joshua says, man, God, what's going on? We, you gave us great victory over Jericho, the, the most powerful city in this whole area. You gave us great victory. We go over to this little village called Ai. We get our brains beat out. What's going on? God says to Joshua, there is sin in the camp. He says, you tell the people that tomorrow we're going to have a general assembly. Everybody's going to show up and I'm going to show you who has sinned in the camp. So the big announcement comes forth. I want you to know that tomorrow we're going to have a big assembly. Somebody is going to get found out here because somebody has sinned. Achan's in the assembly. Achan knows that he has sinned. Achan knows that in his tent buried, there's a Babylonian garment, there's some gold, there's some silver. He hears the announcement and Achan goes home and sleeps on it. I want to tell you, he got up the next morning, they had an assembly, they took the tribe of Judah, they took the next family down and they found the, 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 uh, the family of Achan 
Achan was guilty. He confessed to it. They took him outside of the, uh, of the camp and they stoned Achan and stoned his family all because Achan went home and slept on it. If Achan had gotten that stuff out of his life, I believe absolutely God would have pardoned. I, I want to tell somebody today, you don't need to go home and sleep on it. You don't need to go home and think it over. You need to come to an altar today and say, God, I need this out of my heart. I need it out of my spirit. I give it to you. I confess I need you to today call out quickly don't be like Adam and Eve Adam and Eve they sin personally I think that Adam well we won't get into all that but anyway Adam and Eve they sin when they sin they realize that they had shame and they were guilty and what did they do hid themselves they heard the voice of God walking in the cool of the day God comes looking for Adam and Eve and, uh, and they hid themselves. I want you to notice something. God came looking for them. Man, that's good stuff right there. I don't know if you know, but that's good stuff right there. God came looking for them. Not to punish them. God came. Adam, Adam, where art thou, Adam? As if God didn't know they'd sinned, you know. God knew that they were guilty, but they were hiding themselves and God was coming for reconciliation and relationship. The devil wants to keep you in shame, keep you in sin, and keep you separated from God. But God is reaching to you saying, if you'll just confess, if you'll just lay it on an altar, if you'll just tell me about it, I want to reconcile with you. Hey, that's the whole point of the, of the crucifixion. That's the whole point of Calvary. It is so that we could be reconciled to God, so that our sins could be taken out of the way. And we... So what Jesus came to join together, don't you separate yourself. The enemy wants you to separate yourself, but call out quickly because he's ready to save. Point number two, realize that Jesus will not let you drown. I told you it's simple. Realize Jesus will not let you drown. Go back and read that section of Scripture. Peter cries out, Lord, save me. It doesn't say Jesus thought it over. Jesus didn't take inventory and say, well, you know what, Peter, you've done this right, and you've done this right, and you've done that, but you've kind of messed up here, and you messed up here. I think I'm just going to let you try to tread water. That's not how it happened. Jesus wasn't up there weighing whether he was going to save Peter or not. It says, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. And the next words in your Bible say, and immediately. And immediately. And immediately. Jesus is ready right now. Immediately to reach into your life. Jesus is not going to let you drown if you call out to Him. I don't care how bad of a situation you are in. He is ready to extend His hand. David said this, If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. 
If I make my bed in hell, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. In other words, there's no place you can go that God isn't right there with His hand reached out ready to save you. Immediately, Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. I'm telling you, we've got a God that has everlasting arms. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't ever uh, get weary, but He is there to save us. And the third point is Jesus is stronger than anybody else. Now I could take the biggest, strongest guy in this building, but I won't try to pick one out because there will be three that get offended that I didn't pick them. But uh, could have somebody just try to step off this. I can get Brother Brad up here to stand on the platform. Not go, no, don't do it, Brother Brad. But I could, I could step off of here and see if Brother Brad could reach out and hold me up. Now, he's a good bit bigger than I am, and he's probably a good bit stronger than I am. But I got a feeling Brother Brad can't hold me up like that. What's that have to do with anything? Jesus is stronger than anybody else. He can help you when no one else can. When you've got issues in your life, there are issues that only Jesus can solve. There are things that only Jesus can do. Anybody believe that today? I, I thank God for people that counsel. And I thank God for all kinds of... I, I thank God for AA. And I thank God for, for people who want to help folks. And I'm, I'm all good with that. But I know that Jesus is really the only answer. Alcoholics Anonymous will tell you that once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. And they'll counsel you on how to, how to stay out of alcohol for the rest of your life. But know that you're always an alcoholic. I know a Jesus that when you call out to Him, he reach, He's stronger than any counselor. He is the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. And when He reaches out, He's stronger than any man. Hey, and, and I can name you, and there's people in this church probably that used to be alcoholics, and they don't stand up and testify, I, my, my name's Bill and I'm an alcoholic. They can stand and testify and say, I once was an alcoholic, but now I am free. How does that happen? It happens through the power of Jesus because he's stronger. Don't depend on yourself and don't depend on anybody else when you can call out to Jesus because He never fails. He never comes up short. Hey, we, we read about it the other day in uh, I think it's the book of Isaiah. Whenever there was no intercessor, he looked, he, he needed somebody to step up and it says His own arm brought salvation. His own arm. There's another place, this is an aside, There's an, there are other places in Scripture where he says he is going to bear his arm. Do you know what that means? Let me demonstrate what that means. Allow me to take my jacket off here. You ever see guys getting ready to get in a fight, Brother Pat? He's ready to bear his mighty arm and fight on your behalf. 
And there's nobody as strong as my God. He's going to bear his arm and be powerful on your behalf. And it doesn't matter who your enemy is. It doesn't matter what your problem is. Jesus is stronger than anybody else. I wish you'd clap your hands. i got to make another point, but I, I can't get away from this one yet. I, I need to say this, and that is that Jesus is stronger than you. Because all the self-reformation, all of the self-discipline, all, all of the, 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 the goals that you want to set personally, all that stuff is fine, but without Him, it is useless. People say... Brother Josh, I'm sure that you've heard folks say this. You invite them to church and they say, well, whenever I get some stuff straightened out in my life, I'll start coming to church. Whenever I get this fixed, I'll, I'll start coming. Boy, if I came into church the way I am right now, the, the building would probably fall down on my head. Anybody ever heard that before? Hey, that's not the way that it is at all. And if you're waiting to fix yourself before you come to God, you've got things out of order. It is God. You show up and God says, I, I can fix it. Let me give you a little story. Guy said he walked into a, and maybe I've used this illustration before, a guy walked into a, a place where they were advertising a body shop. And he said, there's this, uh, there's this sign for the body shop. And he says, there's this big old like ogre looking guy with a club in his hand and he's hitting himself in the head. And the, and the sign says, we fix wrecks. He said, I know a guy that fix wrecks. I mean, you walked in, maybe it wasn't here, maybe it was someplace else, but you were a wreck. But I, I know a guy that fixed wrecks. I, I know a guy. He doesn't just use Bondo and a little spray paint, Brother Brad, but he comes in and he does a total remake. In fact, you are remade. You come in here a wreck, but you walk out a new creature in Christ Jesus. I thank my God. He's stronger than I am, and he's stronger than you are. And if you call out to him, he is ready, willing, and able to save. Because he's stronger than anybody else. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand to our feet? I'm going to quit. But I feel like God wants to help us today. I feel like God wants to help us today. Will you lift your hands for a moment right now? Brother Stephen, you can play something silent or softly. God, right now. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, God. You see, this isn't the only story where Peter got out of the boat. In fact, it's not the only story where Peter sunk. The night that Jesus was taken to be crucified, he had testified. He had, Jesus said, they go, they go take me. And, uh, and Peter said, no, no, I'll, I'll stay with you. Doesn't matter what happens, Jesus, I'm going to stay with you. All these guys can desert you. I'll be with you. You probably know the story. They came, they took Jesus, and Peter followed afar off. Those little girls had come to Peter as he was gathered around the fire. Hey, aren't you one of them? Aren't you one of those guys that was with Jesus? Nah, wasn't me. You're thinking of somebody else. They come again. Hey, aren't you, aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of them? Nope, nope. Wasn't me. Come to him. Hey, weren't you with Jesus? Peter got so mad he said some words that probably, hopefully, went out of his vocabulary after he got the Holy Ghost. He says he cursed. 
I'm denied. I don't know the man. Jesus looked over at him. The cock crew. Peter began to weep because he had failed. He'd failed the Lord. Now, the resurrection happened. I'm sure he was ecstatic. It was a really confusing period of time after Jesus was resurrected. Because there were some days, Sister Beth, Jesus would show up in the middle of lunch and then he was gone. Very unstable time. And I think Peter was a little confused. And so Peter says to his buddies, Hey, I'm going fishing. In other words, I'm going to go back to the life that I led before all this stuff happened. And so the other guys say, Well, if you're going fishing, I guess we'll go too. And so they went and they entered into a ship and they, they fished all night and they caught nothing. And the next morning... Jesus was over there on the the shore. They didn't know it was him, but Jesus yells, Children, have you any meat? They said, No. Cast your net over on the right side, and you shall find. And they cast therefore, and there were so many fish they couldn't even draw in all the fish. And and Peter was there with John, and John says, It's the Lord. Some people think maybe it's because John had better eyesight. I don't know. But anyway, John said, it's the Lord. So here's Peter. He has denied the Savior, and he's decided to go back to being a fisherman. But something happened in Peter at that moment. Simon Peter heard that, and it says he cast himself into the sea and swam toward Jesus. In other words, he was saying, I've had a couple of sinking spells in my life, but I'm not going to let anything get between me and the one that I love ever, ever again. And immediately he cast himself in the water and he was over there at Jesus' feet and he's having a conference with Jesus. I want to tell somebody today, this may not be for but a handful of people or it may be for everybody in this building. I want somebody to make a decision today. I'm not going to let my failures, I'm not going to let my shortcomings... I'm not going to let my past come in between me and the one that loved me enough to die for me. I'm going to make my way to Him. I'm going to call out quickly. I'm going to have an understanding. I'm going to have an understanding that only He can save and He's not going to let me drown. And He is stronger than anything or anyone that I can depend on. He is the one that I need to depend on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you want to make your way to the front of this church and let Him know, God, I need you today. I I invite you to come to the front. If you're not comfortable doing that, I I invite you to stay at your seat, but begin to pray and talk to Him. If you you sincerely, uh, if you feel uh, some, some real health issues and you don't want to come to the front for that reason, please stay at your seat and pray. But don't let that be an excuse not to come to Jesus. Brother Stephen, Sister Sarah are going to play. They're going to sing. But I wish somebody in this house right now would reach out to Him because He is ready to extend His hand to you. Pray right now, church. Reach out to Him right now, church. 
He wants to wipe away your past. He wants to wipe away your history. Whatever you did yesterday and the day before, anything that you've done up until this moment, He is ready, willing, and able to wipe it off the slate. He is coming, looking for you. He's crying your name. Where are you? Where are you? I want to reconcile relationship with you. Oh, somebody needs to draw close to Him right now. Oh, God. Oh, God, I surrender to You. Everything that I am and everything that I ever will be, I surrender to You and I trust You with it. You're going to take good care of me, God. I believe it. I give myself to You.